0: Hello, and good day to everyone listening. I am your host, Wendell Cohen, on Episode 4. Briefly, I want to remind everyone that podcast apps on Google Play or iTunes are the best way to experience these broadcasts. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. My personal recommendations are Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Of course, you can always listen by going to topeggservices.com and clicking top podcast at the top of the webpage. So, today's Agronomy Moment has a packed agenda. However, they all seem to be relevant to now. So, I decided to go ahead. Agronomy Moment. We'll start by kicking it off with an on the phone interview with Scott Dickey on fields that we planted last week and the potential impact these storms had this last weekend, particularly the 3rd and 4th of May. We'll also go over a few thoughts from different market traders who've shared their knowledge over the years. Finally, we'll wrap up with an interesting article my wife shared with me and which I read by Dr. Eugene Choi on keeping our minds strong through this difficult time of COVID-19 and the economic uncertainty that faces us in ag. So let's get started.
1: Good morning Scott.
0: How are you?
1: Good. How are you Wendell?
0: Good. It's about 49 degrees here this morning and sunshine and beautiful morning. I think we had seen soil temperatures somewhere around 53, 54 degrees and it's morning so it'll warm up easily probably to you know upper 50s and anyway I was wondering about what do you think of this rain we had and its impact on newly planted corn last week that we've had, um or seed in general? There've been some soybeans planted as well. Right. You what know are we for. In, you what know, we,
1: man, the the thing with especially corn, you know, we're looking at roughly three three and a half weeks of reserve in those kernels when we put them in the ground, and you know, with the calendar date we're at now, even though it feels cool to us this week with highs in the 60s, we're still relatively uh relatively warm compared to when we start planting most years so man yep. i think if we don't see the corn up you know i'd be surprised if it's not up sometime next week um, even though it's cool um, but even if it's not up next week as long as we don't have a significant crust over it from the heavy rain then i would expect to see stands be just fine even though you had a heavy rain event if we keep getting some showers and keep that top soil soft we should be in pretty good shape okay so
0: even far as like going out and looking is there some is there like um symptoms or things that we can be looking at here sooner you know i know we're getting kind of into this may time frame and and we're all feeling a little bit antsy like well we would like to know that you know we want to know if it's good and if it is we can just roll but uh what are some things we can be looking at and digging open maybe some seed here in like four or five days or so
1: sure you know you know giving it time is going to be key but if a guy needs to really go look at it you know if you're going to be digging plants up you know the coleoptile that's emerging from the seed rising to the soil surface should be fairly white if it stays white and has maybe a cast of yellow or a little cast of green it's usually in pretty good shape Uh, problems you'll run into and typically this becomes more obvious when you get to that three week to three and a half week time frame of a seed being in the ground is that coleoptile start to turn a lot brighter yellow and when you see that yellowing beginning to occur usually you're getting close to when that coleoptile is going to rupture and the plant will leaf out underground and when that happens it's done. Um, The only way that you would ever have a plant survive that is if that leafing out underground would occur near a crack in the soil or if you get a heavy enough rain event right at the appropriate time that it washes the soil off of that and the leaves can escape the soil but other than that they won't survive if they leaf out underground and even if they did make it out of the ground after leafing out underground they're usually not quite as uh, healthy a plants as the ones that emerge before they uh, open that coleoptile up and start growing
0: okay so that that's, that's a good thing to be watching for is that that clear um, looking coleoptile or that whitish looking yeah, when white-ish. it starts turning really yellow means it's it's nearing the end of what it's able to uh, stay within that Shell or whatever you call it it's yeah, totally usually that a
1: field. good trigger once you see that yellowing sometimes i'll see that when i'm in a significantly crusted field and that plant's really running into troubles pushing through that you'll see them start to yellow up a little too but typically it's a time thing at least from my experience once they start getting a little long in the ground they'll start yellowing up before they uh, try to leaf out underground okay okay
0: and uh is there anything else here? like i was I was thinking of that we had some storms here, you know, and wind and even hail. I don't know that had issues right here at the warehouse where so we had some hail, but it looked like the corn survived. I have heard those some places where it, it was more severe. What happens with corn at this stage if it gets held off? I mean, are we done or?
1: Well, there's a couple of things to consider. Uh, if the hail is small and all we did was shear the top of the plants off, they'll typically regrow just fine. It'd be as if they had a, a frost event where we took the top off because the growing point is going to be establishing about a half to three quarters. Of an inch, uh, probably not quite that deep, but a half inch or a little less, a quarter to a half inch underground. So it's pretty well protected uh, uh-huh. from the hail events as long as the hail is small. Uh, in parts of western Missouri, though, and I'm not sure how far south or what the extent was, we had hail approaching more golf ball size and it's pretty well wind driven and if those hailstones punch into the soil far enough they can kind of crush damage that growing point even though it's underground so that'll be what we're looking for in the next few days it's probably a tick early today on uh, what is today Wednesday the storm happened yep. Monday but by the end of the week we'll start being able to see a lot um, by digging and looking at those growing points if they look like they're intact and uh, don't look water soaked don't look crush damaged they're probably going to be fine so once they start to regrow, they should be fine because the main part of the field will be fairly uniform as it regenerates new leaf area. But sometimes uh, if we had a very heavy rain event with it and we wash a lot of soil into that wound or into the uh, plant, you know, we kind of got to watch for a little bit of that. But in general, a hailstorm on corn this small isn't a major disaster unless the hail is big enough to damage the growing point underground.
0: Okay, Scott, that's interesting, and I, I heard just on kind of as a side note, I heard, um, I was talking to a farmer the other day, and he made the comment, he said, it's a good thing we didn't have corn that was shoulder high right now with the winds we had. That would have been a a disaster. So That would have been in, pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah, because it was pretty severe. I was helping up there clean up some trees there by butler yesterday, and um, some people needed some help, and uh, wow,
1: that was quite a storm. Yeah, I'll be down in that area today for the first time since the storm. Sort of interesting to see what things look like. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Well, um, I think that's about everything I had to cover. I really was wanting to visit with you just a little bit and uh, about this uh, hard rain and we've had fresh corn in the ground and it's been on my mind here for a few days already. And so I really appreciate you taking the time this morning to to have this quick phone
1: call. I think it's uh,
0: answer some of those questions.
1: All right. We'll holler anytime if you need anything else. I appreciate it, Scott. Thank you so much. Thanks, Michael.
0: In addition to my interview with Scott Dickey, I thought it'd be a good time to share a few tips from some professional traders whom I've gleaned insight from over the years. Many of these ideas are from the stock market. However, many close parallels can translate to the commodity market when it comes to a winning mindset. The following list is a quick compilation by veteran stock trader Tim Russett. All credit goes to his work and effort for putting this together. It should be noted that he has used other people's ideas as well, which makes the ideas here that much stronger. Number one is flexibility. Do not get married to my ideas. The sooner I commit my mistake or miscalculation, on the quicker we can go on to a better road. For example, when Berkshire Hathaway seen the shutdown from COVID-19 they sold their airline stock. They did not justify their position, good or bad, just sold it and went on. Also, keep a log of your mindset and decisions you make and why you made them. Since our greatest enemy is ourselves, using a paper note, phone notes, or voice memos to document our mind will give unique insight into our strengths and weaknesses in uncertainty and stress. Number two, implement without betting the farm. Ironically for me anyways, when I realize I will make mistakes in marketing, And the good idea i think i now have might be a mistake it helps me to move forward with action since the idea may not be correct we are not all in or all out but moving forward with a few incremental sales embrace the uncertainty and risk looking back you will notice the sales were not all highs of the year but were above trend number three believe the numbers ignore the last one or two wins rather focus on a group of transactions to evaluate The performance. This tip is important as it replaces terror with quiet resolve. Number four, accept mistakes. Like was mentioned earlier, it should be stressed that we have and will make mistakes. Then we can quickly find people who disagree with our exuberant optimism or world-is-ending pessimism. Our ideas can be given a preliminary stress test to see if our bucket of ideas has leaks. I should say that also In finding people, find market advisors who glean information from more than one camp of thought. Number five, ignore eternal negativity. While criticism and opposing views is good, doom and gloom with no hope in sight does no one good. A king once asked his wisest men to tell him a quote that would endure for all time. One elder statesman replied after much thought, this too shall pass. Markets go up and they go down. Number six, be humble. This one's hard to ace, at least for me. About the time I think it's simple and I can figure it out, here comes an experience that blindsides me. This is where writing down a logbook keeps me humble. Writing down my thoughts and looking back over these notes can help identify arrogant opinion from simple, humble truths that never go out of style. To be clear, these above mindsets are not here because I am so perfect are great on these truths but because there are things I work to improve and perfect. Farming can be very difficult, however, it can also be an occupation that builds great character. Perhaps that is why there is such a high percentage of growers who possess so many of these great strengths. Now we'll wrap up with a final word on the current state of the markets and the effects COVID-19 has had against the commodities as well as a fear that can come as a result from this. As long as there is fear, everything from economy to the food supply chain to our interactions with one another suffers. For fiscal prosperity, safety has to be felt. No matter the numbers, no matter the statistics, when we don't feel safe, our actions reflect a fight or flight mentality. The virus itself is a danger to health and safety. However, it is important to understand that the fear of sickness or economical setback is not beneficial to your farm. My wife showed me an article written for this time of uncertainty by Dr. Eugene K. Choi which I will include in the link to this article in my show notes. Dr. Choi is a board-certified pharmacist with over 10 years of experience and has been a supervisor for the Los Angeles County Department of Health Systems and oversaw six major hospitals and 250 clinics. He has been very involved in the impact the virus has taken on the people. On the worry among many of this virus, he says, quote, there is something much worse that is spreading a lot faster. It's called fear, quote. The fear of the virus is deadlier than the virus itself, literally. His article defines how our health degrades as a result of fear, making us more vulnerable to any sickness or disease. As a praying person, I believe there is a God we can put our trust in. Right now, the virus may not be our chief concern as growers, however, the markets may be and should be. Yet scientifically, according to Dr. Choi, if we can avoid fear, we can chart these stormy waters safely. The reason for these comments, even if it is at a tail end of this pandemic, at least we hope, is more for us as growers to keep our chins up, help each other, and make rational marketing decisions going forward in tough times. And we can't forget, of course, about our growing crops in the field and the oversight that is needed there as well. I realize many of the things brought here today do not tell the future. Rather, the comments intent was to lay the groundwork to place a healthy and honest outlook on your decision making in family, farming, and marketing your grain. Cheers to all of you in this fight. You have been listening to Agronomy Moment. We hope you found this helpful, and if you did, please give us a five-star review. It really does help. You can find this broadcast and more historic podcasts online at topagservices.com forward slash podcast or podcast listening apps on iTunes or Google Play. This is a production of Top Ag Media. Scott Dickey, Tim Reset, and Dr. Eugene Choi were sources used in creating this podcast. All credit for their work goes to them. As always, feel free to reach out with any questions. We wish you a good day. Signing off on this sunny Wednesday of May 6, 2020, your podcast host, Wendell Cohen.